Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Last week, just in the beginning, but I want to uh, in- encourage all of you and uh, about the issue of, of uh, understanding how much God is in control, how deeply in control God is. And we were looking at, and I, I kind of did a brief message last week, and so I want, I want to go back and and, uh, and look at it again. And remember, we are on a journey of learning to live loved. Now, that means that there's a lot of unlearning that has to happen, because this, this is what I've seen and what I've been burdened with, and I think it's what is making the message that God is bringing through here very unique right now. You see, so much of our focus has been, it seems like, in the past 10 to 20 years, in the body of Christ, you know, who, who are you to say such things? And just like you, just another person that's got an opinion. Nevertheless, we've been taught these things about negotiating our spirituality, negotiating a, a continued relationship with God. And all these things that are designed to get you to constantly look at, are you okay with God? Are you okay with God? Are you okay with God? Can I tell you what the New Covenant says? You're okay with God. He's delighted with you. And nothing can remove that. I had a friend, uh, a, a dear friend, write, write a, in a Facebook page, actually posted it on the, on the Growing in Grace network that we have, on Facebook. I don't know if you do Facebook. I stayed off for a couple months and then just posted for the first time. And I, by the way, I do read the posts that are on there when I say I haven't, I haven't been writing stuff, uh, but I've been reading the posts. And so he was writing about Jesus' humanity. And it just so filled me with this knowledge of something that, yes, we know Jesus is God, he was completely human here on this earth, completely human, with all the stuff that humans have. He probably had indigestion on certain days, you know, maybe he ate too many locks and bagels, I don't know, and uh, whatever they were eating at that point in time. But he, 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 listen, he, this is what that speaks to us. He finds this completely compatible we're okay with God. And all of that stuff about lear- learning to live right, learning to be right, learning to learning, 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 is, I'm going to tell you, can wear the human soul out. And Paul said, I want to draw you back to something. Simplicity of devotion to Christ. Just that simplicity of this. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Salvation is not you giving your life to God. Salvation was God giving His life to you. That's what it was. This explosion that happened. 
all of the goodness, all of the Godhead. This, this is mind-blowing. This is, this is what the change is. And this is what we need to relearn. The fullness of God is here. We should be tingling and exploding to everybody else we talk to. The goodness of God dwells in you. That's the power of not just the resurrection, but the ascension. Jesus said, listen, it's very expedient for you that I go. Because when I go, I'm going to send. And I'm going to put into you my very being. So what would God do in the shopping line at Price Chopper? What would he do at the school board meeting? <laughs> As for the people that got in trouble with the superintendent. See, if we change our, if we learn to live in this love that God put in us, then everything, all of our actions, like this, instead of trying to convince God that they count, God's trying to convince you that they count. Are you getting that? I am having to unlearn. See, I was taught, and I don't know what you were taught, that my life had to validate the gospel. My life had to show the gospel. I don't validate the gospel. The gospel validates me. The gospel validates who we are. And all of that stuff we're, that we're unlearning, this, it sets up this insecurity, this fear in our lives. And it's been meeting, meeting with believers and just listening to what people are going through. See, fear and anxiety grips this world. It grips... American culture. Now, I know, are there scary things out there? Yes. You know what? There have always been scary things. The, the creation is waiting for your revealing. And it, it's suffering through a tension right now of who you are. And it's trying to grip everybody in fear. Brenda's been watching this series on Channel 19. It's over with now, but it's, a, it's about Franklin Delano Roosevelt and whether you're a fan of politics or socialism or not socialism. But here's the thing. That man stood in that, that thing that I was talking about, that opposite spirit, and he understood that, and we know the famous quote, the only thing we have to fear because it causes you to react and respond in different wrong ways that cause you to forget who you are in Christ. It tries to, to disturb the waters so when you, if, when, when you look and see, anxiety begins to build in your life. There are 365 fear knots in the Bible. That should tell us something. Here's what I know. Jesus gave us a spirit to break bondage to fear. Here's, here's the way it's written in Romans, in Romans 8. I'm going to read it from a couple of different translations so that 
you can get this understanding that the Spirit, now the Spirit he's speaking of is the Holy Spirit, so he's speaking of himself. The Spirit that he gave you when you got that new life, when that came in, is not a spirit of bondage. It's a spirit of freedom for the human soul. And we need to relearn this. So here's the NIV. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. Relationship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share through this suffering of this life. Has there been suffering in this life? Yeah. All that is is another sign that you're a child of God so that we might also share in His glory, in who He is. So, let me read it from the message. This resurrection life you received. What kind of life? To resurrect means to stand upright again. Not to be knocked down. That's literally, the word resurrect in the Greek is actually this. It means to stand upright. Because when people die, they're flat. So to have new life means you stand up to be resurrected. The resurrection life you receive through God is not a timid, grave-tending life. Have you ever tended a grave? I've never done it. The only time I went to any family member's gravestone was for this. I went and I did something that's probably not theologically correct, and please don't send me the emails and tell me how I'm doing this or that. I went and spoke to Dad. Well, nothing except he was dead. So, but I needed to tell him something. So one time, and this was my grave tending, I went and told him, I said, hey, you're probably wondering about all the stuff that's in our family and all the stuff that's ever happened and uh, all the stuff that you did. I want you to know I forgive you. I want you to know something else. The curse is broken. I will not live my life as an alcoholic. I will not live my life in bondage. I wasn't even thinking about this scripture. That's how I tended the grave. See, what we've been taught is when you tend the grave, you put a nice little bunch of flowers there. And, and for those of you that that's how you're doing your memory, I understand that. And I'm not speaking against that. But listen, don't tend the grave. Christ died once for you. You died. You were raised to new life. Celebrate life. Don't tend the grave of your old life. Keep trying to get the old guy to be okay. He's dead. Leave him there. Matter of fact, Romans 6 says he was buried with Christ. Leave him buried. 
But you know what happens? The new one was resurrected with him. I live a life of ascension. Brand new. Don't deal with the world and the fear from a spirit of bondage. Is this making sense? Please say yes. If not, I'm going to preach it all over again. We'll be here till one, and yes, you'll miss the kickoff. Oh, wait, the Chiefs aren't playing until later, but how about the Royals? Wouldn't it be great? I just said to this from somebody from St. Louis, uh, wouldn't it be great if it was an I-70 series again? Oh, would that be fun? I'm kind of a, kind of a cardinal fan, too, so don't throw things at me. God, we have not received a spirit. It's not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? What are we going to do today? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. This is what this means. Don't receive language that you have to constantly find out from God if you're okay with Him. Don't go to negotiate your life with God. Am I okay with you today? Am I, that's grave tending. You're good with God. He put His life in you. You're not only good, He's delighted in you this day. He's adventurously expectant over your life today. And what happens with it? Don't fear. Rejoice. You don't know what I'm facing right now. No, but he does. And he's in control. He really is. And he really does know. I will tell you this. There's times you're going to go through some hard times. Maybe you're doing that right now. But this is the promise from God. I came to give you life, not fear. Not to live your spirituality in fear, but to live your life in security so you can face what the world has to throw at you in fear. I have a prophecy for you. There's probably some bad things going to happen in your life. Thus saith the Lord. No, everybody in here, you're going to have a loved one die. Don't put that on me. Listen, it's part of it. It's part of the package. Jesus was clear about it. He said, you're going you're gonna to have difficult things. They're, they're going to come against you. You're going to have to walk through some things. Some people get a different package than others. I don't even understand that. I, I pray for this when families, I, I recently had a friend that this happened to them, but they had to bury a child an adult child. And I said, oh God, oh God, oh God. That's when you pray for the comfort of the Holy Spirit. When that happens, I cannot 
fathom that. And for those of you that have gone through that, I have no idea the pain that you went through. But I do have an idea of the resurrected Savior who will comfort you and carry you through that time. Yes. Bill said, give you grace. He does. He gives you grace. First John 4.15 says this, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. There's about 12 sermons there. We'll go this morning. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. You see, this negotiated life, they keep trying to tell you to tell God what you're going to do for him and how you're going to live a life of love. A secure life receives again from God his love. And what God has to believe and say about us. Do you know that most of the New Covenant, most of the New Testament writings are about what God believes about believers? Have you read it from that perspective? See, we've made it negotiation where you have to decide whether your performance is okay to be in relationship with God. But much of the New Testament, most of it is written from this perspective. This is who I am in you. This is what I am in you. This is what will be accomplished in your life through me. It's all about what God's going to do with you, to you, for you, through you. And this is the marvelous thing. From him and through him and to him are all things. That's you. Put your name in there. I'm from him, I'm through him, and I'm to him. Glory. Nothing can steal it. Nothing can take it away. Nothing can snatch it. No fear on the earth is strong enough to break that grip. Whoever confesses that is in God. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. You need to get your little, I know nobody carries Bibles anymore because you all have those little electronic things, so highlight it on your little electronic smart thing. As he is, so are we in this world. What does that mean to you? I didn't know you were going to make me think this morning. Think. What does that mean? As He is, so are we in the world. Is God scared? Is He in anxiety? Is He worried? Is He concerned? I don't think so. God's in perfect control. This is the most incredible thing about God. He knows He's God. You want to break the grip of fear in your life? Get into that relationship. That God's in control. Because He's in control, He's going to be working in your life for goodness. Because God is good. And these circumstances that we're in, <laughs> you can rejoice in thankfulness because God's in control. It's incredible. There's no fear in love, 
want to hear that again? There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. One, one translation says, drives it out. Have you never been afraid, Lloyd? Sure, I've been scared. Of course. Look at the grave. It's not all natural. But I don't dwell there. Because listen to the next sentence. Perfect love drives out fear because fear involves torment. i got to tell you something. I am not a tormented person. Did you hear that? I am not tormented. I'm not bound to fear. I've been released from fear. The fear of judgment. Judgment always involves torment. I will free you from the bondage of original sin. God says. I will free you from the bondage of sinful living. See, that's how we get into that fear and negotiation with God. Oh, did I finally do something that was one toke over the line? You guys don't know the old song. Oh, what they will say about me after today. I will free you from the lawful requirements that are there. I will free you from it. I will free you from death and the fear of death. I think most Christians would say, oh, I'm not afraid to die, but then we get some word that's given from someplace other than their own local body, and they hear this about how it's going to happen and all these horrible things are going to happen, suddenly they're afraid. I'm going, what does it matter how they do it? You're going to heaven. And then we've been taught this, and I want you to unlearn this this morning. Okay, courage is the opposite of fear. Remember me talking about attacking in the opposite earlier? Courage is not the opposite of fear. Trust is. Trust is the opposite of fear. I don't care what the anxiety is. Do you trust God? Do you trust your God? If you do, you have nothing to fear. Because God will only work things together for good. Even the horrendous things that happen. Listen, this is what Romans 8 says. We're going to close with this. I'm going to ask the team to come up because we are going to celebrate the breaking of fear by taking communion. That God's in control. Let me read it for you. This is the Phillips translation. Romans 8, verse 28 through 30. Moreover, we know that to those who love God, 
who are called according to his plan, everything that happens fits into a pattern for good. This has been on me all week. Remember the thing about catching the cross at the lake? You, you guys were here and heard that, and just when I needed it, I went to go get a fish, and I got a cross. What he didn't tell you is five days later, because I was still working through it, I was out in these woods right next to the church cutting firewood for the winter on Saturday before I preached last Sunday. Now, I'm not one of those I wasn't out searching for a sign. Though I'm always open to the windows of the soul, if you heard last week. So I just went out there and I was going through and deciding which of the two trees I was going to drop and then praying protection on my hands because a friend had cut off his finger the day before. I went, oh God, I'm handling this. I went, no, I'm not going to fear. I'm just going to do what I need to do. And then I started lifting up church, my life, all those things. And I just said, God, you've always steered me. You've always given me direction. You've always clearly showed the way to go. And I went to put my foot down, and there was a child's compass out in the middle of the woods. I went, no way. And I picked it up, and it had been out there for so long. It was plastic. I don't know how long it's been out there. You know, that's when the plastic wears out, and you can hardly see through it anymore. But I, I rubbed it off and set the thing. Boing true north true north it went immediately to it it's sitting right next to that little wire cross I have now my family room and I went you're the navigator aren't you Jesus you're in control Jesus you'll steer and direct what do I have to be afraid of what do we as people have to be afraid of You'll direct our path. You'll show me. I don't care if you're stuck in the deepest, darkest woods and you don't know which uh, a hickory tree from an oak tree. God will direct you. He will clearly show you. God is in control. Listen, don't worry about the future. There's not one thing. Don't let him get you into fear. God has a good plan a really good plan for your life. You're going to grow up. You're going to find an incredible man to marry. You're going to have beautiful children. And you're going to have a great life. And this is the best time to live. Not the worst. Not the scariest. There's a great, incredible future for you. Do you believe that? Good. Hang on to it because they'll try and steal it away from you. You hang on to it and go, no, I know who God is. And he's in control. Nothing to fear. Not one thing to fear. In his foreknowledge, he chose us to bear the family likeness of his son that he might be the eldest of a family of many brothers. He chose them long ago, and when the time came, he called them. He made them righteous in his sight. You don't have to negotiate your righteousness anymore. You've not just been declared, you've been made righteous. And nothing can take it away. 
that incredible? And then he lifted them up, listen, to the splendor of life as his own son. The splendor of life. This is what I wrote. I want you to hear it again this week. This is my response, my own personal after finding that, that compass to direct me. This is not theory. This is not theology. This is not wishful thinking. This is true for your life right now. In every present circumstance of your life, God is at work weaving every circumstance into your life into a pattern for good. Every one of them. In these fortunate turn of events, He is revealing the family likeness of His Son in you and lifted you into the splendor of life as His dear child. This knowledge of His will propels us towards gratefulness and assures our hearts that He is in control. If He is in control, you can release your anxiety through thankfulness and remain secure in His love and the intention His will for you that you can without fear. This is, this is how you show your trust. Give thanks in everything. You notice it says in, not for. I'm not thankful for when bad things happen. I'm thankful in those things. Give thanks in everything, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you today, for you, for your heart. How do we celebrate that thankfulness? We come to the Lord's table. Come on up, ushers. Let's distribute. We're going to pass the elements around. When you when you receive them, just hold them so that we can take together as a family and it's like this. Yeah. You guys don't have to wait on me. Just start distributing evenly. feeling like you're losing control. I know that feeling. God is in control. God is in control. The bondage that's connected with fear is a control issue. Trust God. Go read Psalm 139. God is in perfect control. He knows every one of your days. He says in the Psalm 139, He says, If you climb the highest mountain, my spirit's there. If you make your bed in hell, my spirit's there. If you cast everything that you know to the wind and go the heck with it, I'm just going to going to throw my leg over the bike and go wherever it takes me. Take the Lord's table. Isn't it sad that we just use a cracker and a little thing of juice? 
I was thinking about it, you know. Man, I almost did it this morning, too, on the way in. We should have a table with big bottles of wine, and we should have grapes and cheese. We should have fresh roast beef. That's the table of the Lord. I ran out of time. Let me have one of those things. So... Imagine this bread being had. It's, it's a, it says sourdough rolls. It's the it's Italian. It's the it's more than this. Way more than this. The table of the Lord is extravagant over you. It's, a, it's incredible. This little symbol of Grape juice. Oh man, this is the this is the water at the wedding feast that he turned into wine. Can't you just see him winking at people? Come on, think through his humanity. When the guy comes up the compliments, and you go, Yeah, I know that. He's laughing and going, Peter, I got him. I turned it into the best wine that I'll ever drink. The table of the Lord. You ever read Babette's feet? That's what the table of the Lord is. It's the best meal ever. Why? Because I can trust God. So, in the thoughts and understandings of it, I want us to take this morning, casting all fear aside, receiving His love. We pray over this bread and imagine with me. God, Jesus, you are the bread of life. In you is life. In you is light. In you is control. In you is perfect love. So as a symbol into the windows of the soul, before I take this bread, I want to say, I believe you. I believe you, God. I believe in you. I believe that you believe in me. And I receive you again into my being. And I partake and I eat at the feast of who you are in Jesus' name. And here's the thankfulness that drives out fear. Jesus, you said that the blood represented your victory over sin, over fear over what was done and what wasn't done. That your blood was given for me that I could have new life. So I celebrate who you are right now. 
I celebrate the life that you put into me, the very breath of who you are. And I receive it again in rejoicing in my heart. I rejoice at your table, O God. And I receive the wine of your love. May it be health and life unto my being this day. I receive it that way in Jesus' name.